Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Everybody, it is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Loaded show coming up once again today. Neil Kulong's going to join us for a championship Sunday preview. And as I mentioned yesterday... Can't go wrong with these two matchups, and whoever wins going to be a good Super Bowl matchup, so we'll get into those in particular. And we're getting hearing more and more positive vibes about Patrick Mahomes being probably ready to go for this Sunday, which is obviously very good news for the Chiefs, not so good news for the Bills. Although I'm sure, I do think, I do would I still would be confident if I'm a Bills fan with the way that defense has been playing. It's the offense that kind of needs to pick it up a little bit and hasn't has been a little slow in these two playoff wins but we'll get into that with Neil Kulong today at 406 or I'm sorry sorry a little bit later on in the show either probably probably 335 is when we'll have him on uh, today if not we'll get him at, at 435 at 406 today WFAN Sweeney Murdy is going to rejoin the show as once again the Mets are in the negative limelight as they have fired rightfully so mind you have fired GM Jared Porter over a sexting scandal in which he sent photos of his private parts to a female reporter back during his days with the Cubs, and I guess it just came. The report just came out yeah now yesterday about all that. From hearing on Dan Patrick earlier today on WKOK, it sounded like they were trying to get some settlements between the two parties. Never really came to fruition. The report comes out yesterday. Mets act very very quickly with the new ownership and fire him before 8 a.m. this morning. That was literally the first thing you woke up to when you see see that news this morning. So we'll talk to Sweeney Murdy. He's got some inside tracks about that with the Mets. He does cover the Yankees for WFAN, but he has a lot of info on on the Mets too and where the organization goes from here. 73 days, I believe, was the number, the amount of days that Jared Porter was in. He hasn't been in there very long, and all, all of a sudden, well, now you got a uh, problem on your hands. And, of course, the Mets make the right move and now are searching for a GM again about a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting. And what's been a kind of a tough offseason, oh, I, I should say an up-and-down offseason for the, for the Mets. Obviously, the ties to Carlos Beltran 
and the cheating thing with the Astros. They let him go. I've got a new manager in there. Then the new ownership takes over. Now you got this mess with the GM. So, never-ending problems here for the Mets. But things are looking up. Some of the moves they made in the offseason. And now they just got to find a new GM. So, we'll break that down with Sweeney Murdy today coming up at uh, 4.06. So, we got a good show coming for you today. And your calls as well. And all these related topics, Penn State too, 1-800-795-9565. And, of course, we heard from James Franklin yesterday on the OC move in his postseason press conference. And some good stuff from Mark Wogenrich from SI.com yesterday, too. And definitely you saw the connection there, as, as we've talked about before, between those two guys, between Mike Yurchich and James Franklin in that PSAC connection and, and what have you. And you look at all the records, of course, that he's made throughout the past. We talked about this before with Oklahoma, etc. And it was still a quick move on Kirk Chiraca, but you see with the background that Yurchich brings in, you see where James Franklin sees the potential in some of the phases that he talked about yesterday with the offense and wanting to spread the ball around Make sure we make sure the turnovers are lessened from last year. Make sure you're better in the red zone and get better at that red zone efficiency. So we'll see. It's going to be a very interesting offseason, as Steve alluded to during the update show. And then, of course, I think we, we haven't gone a day, much to your dismay, I'm sure, as listeners, unless you are an Eagles fan like me. We go to the Philadelphia Eagles as the as the coaching search continues. They're bringing in the Colts offensive coordinator today as the endless interviews keep going. And I guess I necessarily don't have a problem with how many people they're bringing in. But I still kind of get the feeling that Jeff Lurie and this entire brass here conducting these interviews are kind of struggling a little bit. The latest example is the report today, I believe from Pro Football Talk, that Jeff Lurie still has to be convinced to bring in Josh McDaniels as the head coach, but yet he's still a leading candidate as head coach. And Josh McDaniels likes, wants, seems to be wants a full control of personnel and things like that. One would think that would clash with Harry Roseman because of his stances on personnel, the report says Howie Roseman will be fine with it, and Jeffrey Lurie's the one that needs some convincing, which I just I just don't understand. How can he be a top candidate if the owner's not on board? Howie, why are you even bringing him in? Oh, we're talking in? owner again. Well, it, it just doesn't make sense that this report from Pro Football Talk today that Jeffrey Lurie is the one that needs convincing about Josh McDaniels. But yet, he's still the Eagles' top choice. How is that possible? How is he even interviewed if the owner doesn't like him? That makes zero sense to me, which just shows you... But that's why you interview them, because you're trying to find out whether you like them or not. I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's kind of a waste, but that's just me. Yeah, but why, that's why you interview them. Interviewing somebody is no harm, no foul. Okay? You can interview anybody you want. You may find out that, 
well, okay, my preconceived notion of that person was correct. Or you may find my preconceived notion of that person, well, I was way off base. That's why you interview them. Yeah, I guess that's a fair point. That's why I'm on the show. I don't know. Just I, just this whole the way this coaching search has been done just seems very odd to me. I don't know why, but it just does. Well, I think you I've, all of you want it done now. I'm not necessarily there. It's just I, the fact that there's like this back and forth, and yet they had like a eight hour meeting with him. And I know you want it. It makes sense that you want to find out about him, but I just don't get how he's still the top candidate if. Not if the owner's not on board. It's one thing if you want to bring him in to interview him, I guess, just to see, based on the what what you just said. But for him to still be considered the top candidate doesn't make sense to me. Well, because somebody reports that he's the top candidate, it doesn't mean he's the top candidate. Oh, I, oh yeah, absolutely. That's why I mean, it doesn't make sense other, to me. <laughs> that's the that's the other part. The other part is who cares what's reported? Yeah, that's it. Doesn't matter. I mean. How many times do you think I sit there and I, I hear a report about Penn State football or basketball, and I was just at practice that day and went, no, nah, that's not right. <laughs> well, you're right there on the, the inside track, so there you go. Exactly. That's my point. I mean, I'll give you one. What was the, what was the big story last year before the Ohio State game? Michael Mennett won't play. Right? Right. And I'm out there watching him practice. <laughs> so, I think my exact quote to you is, you probably, there's been a report, and I said, I'm not going to waste my time with that. Because it was a waste of time. I'm... But I did cover, cover other topics besides the Eagles before you jumped in. You just happened to be on the Eagles part. <laughs> Which no, I no, knew no. was going to happen. Just, I mean, that's just, you know, it's just another bad day for you. Every time I every time I show up for the this thing, it's it's another bad day for you. You know what? It's whatever at this point. See, that indicates it's a really bad day when you get to the whatever part. Ah, uh, whatever. Oh, he's having a really bad day. Oh, boy. Did you get my package? I did not, no. Oh, Amazon had a great sale on Motrin. Uh, so I said, <laughs> I'll keep a lookout for it. I bought a whole bunch for you. Just to kind of, just to kind of get you through the tough times. Well, thank you. That's, that's why I bought a lot, because I said you get a lot of tough times coming up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, now, the talk show... On Thursday, is going from five oh five to six. Now I don't know if we're carrying it or not. So we will not be, but we will be picking up the game at six thirty with the new time. Which means on Friday, I can tell you, on Friday, our guest will be Kale Sanderson. All right. I talked to him. I talked to Kale about this. 
and the suit's name came up. Oh boy. No, it had to do with uh, it was a legal matter. All right, so uh, <laughs> I don't want to know then. I was just, I mean, there's something about stalking. I don't know what it was. I'm like, he said, Steve, is he harmless? I said, I, uh, so we need a while to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> It can be hard to explain sometimes. Oh, no, it was easy to explain because he knew where I was coming from. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> he, goes, he said, what do you think of that guy? Uh, it just wasn't. <laughs> but how about that? We'll have him on the show Friday. How about that? Okay. It's not Jeffrey Lurie. It's not Carson Wentz. Won't be Howie Roseman. It'll be Kale Sanderson. And it's okay. a consistent program. Consistent. It's all he does is win. There you go. Exactly. I'll. It all. All joking aside. All joking aside. Kale's been here what for ten years now? Ten, eleven years. He is one of those individuals that the more you talk to him and the more you know him, the more you like him and the more you respect him. That's my opinion. The more you know him, the more you talk to him, the more you like him, and the more you respect him. So now let's backpedal to that previous conversation about the suit. Uh, it's a duck. <laughs> oh, oh, I got set up. <laughs> I've been set up. So is that good enough on the guest thing for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just, just want to make sure, you know, because I know you get upset if I line up a guest and you didn't get them and... You know, you want to be able to sit down in the staff meeting and tell everybody, you know... You know, Mark's over there. I got Fred Keller, and you, you, you wanted to say I got Kale Sanderson. Well, go ahead. You can tell him that. Perfect. Yeah. And the suit can say he got Lisa Barrick. I mean, so it's all, you know. It's a win-win. It's a win-win for everybody. So there you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I got the... Now, the Lady Lion game with Rutgers. Rutgers has a problem uh, on the women's side, so that's been postponed. But the men's game is still on here in State College on Thursday night. Penn State, Illinois tonight, 8, 8.30. 8 o'clock will be the airtime. Looking forward to that. And we get sweat. Sweeney Murney's on the show today? That's right, at 4.06. That was one Talking of the topics about... I covered before the Eagles. Oh, the Mets thing. Oh. Yeah. All right. So this is how I look at the Mets thing. Now, you know I think the world of Sweeney. Uh, known Sweeney for, I don't know, 35 years? I think the world of him. We'll talk, like, the first two questions about this and then move on. It's one of those, like, you feel dirty talking about it, you know? Like, I know I have to, but ugh. 
Really? See, a guy like you eats this stuff up. Don't want to be, though, but when, when it comes up, you just got to roll with it. Oh, I'm rolling with it. But, I, golly. Yeah, it's disturbing, definitely. I just, I'd rather talk about Francisco Lindor. What the? All right. <laughs> Playing shortstop. It's just, uh, but this comes with the territory of the job. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Is the suit in the building today? He was last time I saw. My silence speaks volumes. Back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. A lot going on. Yeah, we'll talk about the Mets situation. Matt couldn't wait to line up 12 guests about the Mets situation. In fact, I had Doug Peterson lined up for today's show, but we couldn't have him on because we had all the Mets guys on. We're done. I feel on. <laughs> In fact, I had a whole series of your quotes ready to go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's all right. Do you trust me? I do. Always. <laughs> My main man, Catrillo, getting it done. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Treating Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online. At SunburyMotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Can't ask for better new inventory than that. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at SunburyMotors.com. Before we get to Scott Ritchie on uh, Penn State, Illinois basketball, we'll have Sweeney Murdy on and Neil Kulong today. Uh... Today is the first day of classes at Penn State. So we can tell you that the early enrollees and the transfers are here. So among the early enrollees, Barney Armour, uh, Winston Eubanks, John Dixon, uh, who's the corner from South Carolina, Christian Vallejo, the quarterback, offensive lineman Nate Bruce, Landon Tangwall, the offensive lineman, defensive end Rodney McGraw, a defensive tackle, Derek Tangelo, a transfer from Duke. Arnold Ibikidi, the defensive end from Temple. Linebacker, Kobe King. Safety, Don DeLuca. Safe, uh, corner, Jeffrey Davis. Running back, John Lovett. He's the transfer running back from Baylor. And defensive back, Kalen King. So they're all here as, quote, early entries. 
All right. All right. Did that for Gary Goloszewski, who continues to be the incredible curator of the Tom McGrath tailgate. All right. Let's uh, look at tonight's game. And as I received a note from management, it said, you can even talk about tonight's Illinois game just so Matt can stop talking about Doug Peterson. <laughs> I don't doubt that for a second. I mean, it, it's uh, so because management's even willing to go to the Champaign Gazette News to talk about Illinois basketball. They're playing Penn State tonight. Just to kind of, they feel like this is the this is the the NCAA's version of the. 20-minute cooling-off period. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, we bring in Scott Ritchie. Scott, Happy New Year. Great to have you with us on the show today. Yeah, same to you, and thanks for having me on. Uh, They've lost two games in a row, Illinois. Uh, Had a chance. The Maryland game, close game, and then the game against Ohio State, they almost stole uh, because they came back down the stretch. What is not quite falling into place for them for such a very talented team? I mean, the issue's been consistency, and it wasn't just in those you know, two losses that you mentioned. Um, it's really kind of you know, dated back you know, you know, deeper into the Big Ten play, including you know, the first game between Illinois and Penn State, where Penn State got out to that 19-4 to you know, lead to start the game. Illinois, of course, came storming back, um, had to do the same against Northwestern, Almost to the same against Ohio State. Um, Illinois is a really good 20-minute basketball team. Uh, 40 minutes, however, it's been a little tougher for them to maybe put together that type of effort, uh, at least on a consistent enough basis. All right, let's. Uh, but where is the inconsistency coming from? Because this is a team that when Kofi. Look, Kofi Coburn was not going to be a first-round pick, all right? The, the NBA is not his game, all right? It's simple as that. So coming back, I just assumed he was going to come back. But I, Udesumo, I expected to go, and he, he decided to come back. So you, when you see the riches that they have, why the 20-minute team? Yeah, I mean, it's two of the top players, not only in the Big Ten, but you know, maybe nationally as well. Uh, what's been a struggle lately. I mean, you mentioned you know, Kofi Coburn. You know, teams have now started to double, sometimes triple team him more, and you know, how he responds to that is a little hit or miss. Um, oftentimes, you know, if the ball does get back out to the perimeter, you know, it's a struggle. Um, he, he still, and this dates back to last year, um, brings the ball down too far for a seven-footer and lets guards just get their hands in there and knock it away from them. Uh, I would assume it's just his style of play is maybe, I don't want to lump this all on him because it's not all on him, but you know, he said before multiple times you know, he prefers to let the game come to him, get his teammates involved early, and then you know, he's obviously shown a capacity to take games over late when needed. Um, but maybe they just need him to do that from the jump. Uh, and then... He pick, Adam Miller. He picks his spots, and yeah, he picks them well, and yeah, is obviously producing. Uh, but 
the best player on the team, maybe he just has to take over. What's helped a little bit, even though they're, they've been you know, two losses in a row, is Adam Miller's gotten a little more back on track. His shot's starting to fall. They need that. Uh, they need Trent Frazier to be a bit more of a weapon offensively. And you know, they need Andre Carbello to snap out of you know, this kind of three-game funk that he's in. Cause he's been really good for Illinois as a freshman this season. I think he will be again, but he is not playing his best basketball right now. So it's all sort of accumulated into you know, all these little things of added up and you know they dropped two straight games at home and uh yeah that, that's tough yeah no question about it uh what kind of rudder is trent frazier i mean there's you know a reason that he has started since very early in his freshman season um and you know, his game has grown and developed. He's, his personality, is the way he approaches things, has grown as well. Um, he is their senior leader, and they need him to be that. You know, got a chance to talk with him yesterday, and, and he was kind of taking responsibility for maybe not getting his team as prepared at the start of games as they need to be. That you know, he, he can bring the energy fine, but he needs to make sure he's bringing other people with him. Um, that's fine, and you know he's evolved into a really good you know, defensive player on the perimeter. Uh, his offensive role has shifted with Io um, on board, but mm-hmm. it maybe needs to shift just a hair back to where he's you know, looking for his own shot a little more. Because you know, he proved as a freshman that he can be kind of a go-to scorer. That's still there. I mean, he hasn't lost that ability. Um, I just feel like he defers just a hair too much sometimes. Yeah, you know, and that's something you expect a younger player to do, not an older player. Uh, I, I've seen. I think Williams is a really good defensive player. What what did he work on in the offseason that's allowed him to become a more effective offensive player? Because if you're gonna, because look, let, let's be honest about it. The logical thing is you'd like to take his guy and double Kofi with his guy and just say, okay, hit a shot. He's been hitting shots. What did he work on? Yeah, well, I mean that's. Dates back to the end of last season. You know, the last nine games uh, of his junior year, he shot 57% from three-point range. Uh, I think it's not like he didn't work on his three-point shot, and I think it's just a matter of a little bit of confidence. He finally saw some go in, and I think where they come is important as well. He's a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. He's not going to maybe create that shot for himself. And Illinois has been able to find him in those situations uh, maybe a little little better, and he's capitalized. Although, uh, after being uh, um, essentially lights out, you know, start the game, he has last couple games maybe not shot as well. That's right. Uh, Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. I've seen that. So now when you go with you, Georgie Bashanishvili has gone from being a feature guy to being a, a, a bench role player, an important one, by the way. What does that tell you about the growth of the program that that's happened? Well, just the, the overall talent level has gone up. And yep. you know, that shift happened because Elmo was able to get Kofi Coburn. And, you know, Brad Underwood has stacked his recruiting classes pretty well the last three with, I would assume, in 2018. Kofi in 2019, then Adam Miller, Andre Carbello in 2020. 2021's a bit of a work in progress. Still, just one you know player signed in Luke Goody, who's you know having a terrific senior season in Fort Wayne. But uh, there's question marks on the horizon. Just I don't know that only's going to get quite as lucky as they did with you know, Iowa and Kofi coming back this year. I 
maybe I don't see that necessarily happening, you know, after this season, certainly for Iowa. So Illinois needs to maybe continue to build that roster with and up the talent level just to, to stay kind of you know, at the level that they've gotten, finally, they've finally gotten back to. Uh, what has been for you um, your evaluation of the Big Ten to this point? It is perceived as being a loaded, stacked uh, conference to this point. In the, in the games you've seen to this point, Scott, do you share that thought process nationally that that's what we're seeing? Uh, in a way, yes. I mean, I think it's probably the deepest of the the power conferences, just from a case where you see a team like Maryland, who hadn't had a lot of Big Ten success so far this season, but they've won at Wisconsin and at Illinois. Um, I don't know that the Big Ten has that elite team this year. Um, Iowa certainly could make a case for that, but I mean, there's always questions about their defense, although if their offense – continues to operate at the level it is, maybe that's enough. They'll just, you know, outscore everyone. Michigan was maybe a little bit of a surprise with their early run. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, I, top to bottom, there's not a stronger league, but you look at the Big 12, you know, they're definitely weaker maybe in the middle to the bottom, but they've got the teams at the top that um, are at least knocking on the door of elite or are elite in the case of Baylor. Yeah, yeah, Baylor, Baylor's really good, by the way. <laughs> Did anybody want to check them out? They're pretty good. Gonzaga's pretty good, too. Uh, Penn State played Illinois the first time. The game was tied 43 at the half. Penn State actually got off to a great start in the game. Tied 43 at the half. Went back and forth the first, like, six minutes, and then Illinois found separation. What was your evaluation of that game? Mike, what stood out to me um, about maybe Penn State first was I mean, they just hit a lot of tough shots. Um but I mean that if you do that 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 works I mean I think Illinois was wasn't totally upset about what they were doing defensively but Penn State when given even the slightest bit of space you know made Illinois pay and hit those shots Um, and that was sort of the first game of the Illinois needs to kick it into gear or wind up losing games that they managed to to turn Um, so they showed they have the capability to do that but the last two games have shown you know that's maybe not a plan for long-term success in the Big Ten, but uh, I, mean, I would assume who scored thirty kind of led that that comeback. <laughs> I noticed in the, yeah, in the first game there late December. Uh, I think Illinois needs another one like that from him. Uh, Kofi Coburn was pretty good offensively, didn't rebound particularly well in the first game uh, against Penn State, but. I just I, I've come to the, real, the the thought that just Io needs to maybe just take one over to get this team kind of out of its funk. What's your thought on Penn State? They've only played one game since coming back from the pause. But what's been your thought about Penn State? I was just heading into the season, you know, before really seeing them, liked their their guards because they're all kind of. A little bit similar in frame and demeanor. I think they, they play really hard and are, are physical guards. Um, the way uh, John Herrar played at Purdue, I think, kind of stood out. I mean, he rebounded the ball really well. Illinois struggled a bit on the boards, especially when I mean, they did against Ohio State. Um, but I liked Myron Jones last year. I thought Miles Dredd was interesting, and Sam Sessoms has been 
kind of, I mean, I didn't know much about him, obviously, coming from yeah. uh, Binghamton, but uh, he's he's played well. An absolute pleasure, Scott. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate the insight very much. Always enjoy when our paths cross. Yeah, again, thanks for having me on. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Well, he's made more appearances in Madison Square Garden than any entertainer ever, and that is Billy Joel. To the point where Billy Joel has a banner up in Madison Square Garden. As does Elton John, by the way. At the Phil Lockoff gym, there's a banner for the suit. I must have missed that one. It's because somebody took it home. Now that wouldn't be surprising. (laughs) And then became confused why it wasn't up in the gym anymore. Like, you took it home. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I think he still has his bowling banner up, right? Probably. The suit... What school did he go to? Uh, I don't know. I, don't some, know. I can't remember off the top of my head. It was some regional, like directional school or something. Huh? <laughs> Northern something, I don't know. I'm waiting for his text because he'll text me any second here to make sure I know exactly where the 297 banner is. Did that get that close to immortality and leave three pins standing? That's just, I'm sorry. That's a violation. Now, I would like to admit that there's a couple times where I bowled and I got three pins. <laughs> well, I got seven more to pick up a spare, don't I? <laughs> Same. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, he can text me. He can let me know where the banner is. If not, Dave Ritchie knows where it is, because I'm sure Dave Dave's had to live it 
over and over and over again. <laughs> oh my goodness. Alright. Well. Great to have you with us on the show today. Sweeney Murdy next half hour in the Mets situation. The we'll deal with that for two questions. Then we'll <laughs> <laughs> then we'll move to the Mets and baseball itself in a little bit. I'm Aaron Judge saying, how about JT Real Muto, man? He's in a spot where the Phillies may re-sign him. Yeah, Jason looks Stark, good now. Jason Stark's reporting it could be five years and toward the neighborhood of $100 million. That'd be big for them. Because right now, you're trying to keep up with the Mets. And for the Mets, it really seems like right now the George uh, Springer sweepstakes leaving the Astros would be between the Mets and the Blue Jays. One advantage that the Mets may have in all this is that Springer wants to play close to home. He's from Connecticut. But boy, would that change the Mets up the middle. They got McCann to catch, which opened the door for Riomoto maybe to stay with the Phillies. McCann to catch, Lindor to play shortstop. They they signed him on a one-year deal for $22.3 million. And then if you get Springer, everything changes for the Mets. I mean, Chris Elio then becomes a positive person. You then become the single most negative. Well, actually, no, you can't be the suits of the most negative person I know. Yeah, thank you. You'd be the second most negative person. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm happy with the uh, for my baseball team. DJ LeMahieu signed. We're all good to go. We got Corey Kluber in a favorable deal. High, high risk or low risk, high reward. So I'm happy with the Yankees are right now. I would have liked for them to be a little more aggressive on JT Realmuto, but I know finances are kind of wacky. So. Man, I thought the Yankees gave a good account of themselves in the World Series. Oh, that's right. They didn't get there, did they? Hmm. <laughs> Well, hurts. You still got Luke Voigt, man. That's true. Still got, still got the State College Spike player. That's right. Legend home, Love legend him. home runs, legend home runs. You could just get that kind of production out of your high price guys. The Yankees sign Judge for $10 million and Glaber Tours for $4 million. Juan Soto stayed with the Nationals for $8.5 million. Chris Bryant, Cubs, $19.5 million. Suit, buck ninety five.